No Ashton Cozart for the Oklahoma Sooners? It ain't no problem. I got three reasons why, and I'll tell you about them on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Sooners Nation, and welcome to Locked On Sooners. Thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all podcast platforms. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And if you're not, make sure you go check it out over on YouTube as well. Subscribe to the show. Hit the like button and the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. Josh is not joining me tonight. He's taking a little bit of a mini vacation this week, so he'll be with us a couple nights this week for a couple episodes, but we're going to ride solo, kicking it old school like we've done for so many episodes here on Locked On Sooners. Uh, We're over 600 episodes in. Several different people have hosted the show, but I'm coming up on nearly two years hosting Locked On Sooners, and man, the Oklahoma Sooners are never short of news and Ashton Kozar, while I was gone, decided he was going to make a trip up to Oregon out of the blue, surprisingly. This is 2023 wide receiver commit Ashton Kozar, who ultimately flipped his commitment to the Oregon Ducks. Hey, Ashton, I don't, I don't blame you. Oregon's a beautiful place. It's great, great country up there. Just you, know, you got the beach on one side of the highway. You got the ocean, the, the mountains on the other side. It's absolutely spectacular. Make sure you hit up the Tillamook Creamery when you're up there. It gets you some good cheese, some good ice cream. And, hey, if, when you go against USC, you know, we wouldn't mind if you catch a couple touchdowns, go for about a buck 50, 200 yards over there on Lincoln Riley. I, I think Oklahoma fans would be pretty okay with that. But best of luck to you. Uh, but we're not here necessarily to talk and, and, and throw flowers on a guy that never really played for the Oklahoma Sooners, was only committed to the Sooners for just over three months, committed back in February. So this is a guy that was only freshly committed to the Oklahoma Sooners and is now out the door. But it's not really going to be a problem. First of all, why is it not a problem? You've got guys coming in. You've got a couple guys in LV Bunkley Shelton and Javion Hester that the Oklahoma Sooners just got in the transfer portal who are going to factor into the 2022 team. But they've got three years left of eligibility, so they'll be big important key members of your 2023 and probably your 2024 rosters as well, because these two guys are going to factor in both on the outside and the inside. They played a majority of their snaps, uh, you know, Javion Hester from Missouri, LV Bunkley Shelton at Arizona state played a majority of their snaps from the slot. Uh, Bunkley Shelton played as much as 90% of his snaps in 2021 from the slot, according to pro football focus. And I love that you're bringing a guy in like that, that has the size to play on the outside, but can play on this in the slot as well allows you a little bit more flexibility to move Marvin Mims around, but we'll talk about a little bit more of that later on down the road, but I love the two additions here and maybe that's part of what led Ashton Cozart to start looking elsewhere. We don't really know all the details, some rumblings that there was some NIL involved, which Hey, in the new world order of NIL in college football, it's not going to be surprising to see guys starting to, flip commitments even more frequently than they already have. But you've got two guys coming in that are going to help you in 2022, going to be key members of your wide receiver room in 2023, 
presumably with Marvin Mims heading off to the NFL, probably Theo Wees as well. And so you're going to need those two guys to be big factors. You also got your incoming freshmen in Jaden Gibson, Nicholas Anderson, who are going to be important parts of the wide receiver rotation as well. I mean, we saw Jaden Gibson in the spring game. He was absolutely huge, made a big play, took it more than 90 yards for a touchdown, showed off some of his route running, his his speed to break away from the pack. Maybe Ashton Cozart saw that and saw maybe there's a little bit more competition at Oklahoma than I thought was going to be there when I initially committed. Well, you're right. There is a lot more wide receiver competition there. The other thing, the Oklahoma Sooners are in really good position right now with a couple 2023 wide receivers, Jaquez Petaway, a four-star out of Texas, and Anthony Evans, who is a three-star out of Texas. Both of these guys can straight burn. They're not the typical guys that we've been seeing Jeff Levy and Kale Gundy and the Oklahoma offensive staff go after, the guys that are the 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", wide receivers. These guys are a little bit on the smaller stature size, the 5'10", 5'11", but they can flat fly. Both of these guys have great track speed as well. Anthony Evans competing at the state uh, track and field championship in the 100 and 200. So these dudes are going to be burners. Think maybe a Marquise Hayes type. I'm not going to, or sorry, not Marquise Hayes. I've been on vacation. My apologies. Marquise Brown type with, they they may not be able to have that kind of speed, but they're going to have that kind of an impact on the game when they get to the Oklahoma Sooners. They're in great position to land these two guys. Anthony Evans in particular, the Sooners have gotten on three predictions from, 247 Sports Projections for as well, Crystal Ball Projections, Rivals, Forecasts for a guy like Anthony Evans. So, yes, just a three-star at this point in time, but there's a chance he could add a four-star in the 2022 season as a senior. And finally, like, another reason not to worry about guys that decommit from the Oklahoma Sooners is this is still Oklahoma. Bob Stoops said it himself back when Lincoln Riley left. Nothing changes. The standard is still the standard. Winning is still the standard. Oklahoma is going to stay Oklahoma, whether it's NIL, whether it's the transfer portal, whether it's decommitments. Oklahoma is going to stay on top in the Big 12. They're going to be one of the top teams in the SEC when they move over there. They're going to be a contender for every top prospect that they want to go after. Will they get every top prospect? No, that's just not the way recruiting works but they're still going to get enough top prospects to make their recruiting class a really good one. Yes, if you look at 247 Sports rankings right now, they're down at like 37th, but guess who's just behind them right now? Alabama at number 38. And Alabama even has a five-star commitment on their on their docket. Oklahoma just has one four-star, several three-stars, and they're only 37th. So they're going to be fine. We saw what Brent Venables and his staff was were able to do with just two-minute months on the job. They got hired on in December. National Signing Day was in 1st of February, 2nd of February. And they were able to take a recruiting class that had fallen to 28th, according to 24-7 sports rankings, all the way up to 8th in just a short time. They were able to get their own flips as well in R. Mason Thomas, Grayson Halton, and Kevontae Henry from three Power 5 schools. So the flips, they go all sorts of ways. Oklahoma's going to get their fair share as well. They're already in a really good spot for a guy that was committed to Baylor just a couple months ago. Tyler Turner, safety, that was going to go to Baylor. He decommitted. Now he's back on the market. Oklahoma is in really good shape with him as well. So, yes, Ashton Kozar, it's a loss. It's never great when you lose a four-star player. At the same time, 
you don't worry about it because you've got guys that are already coming in. You've got guys that came to the transfer portal that you that you're going to have a year with to get them ready for 2022, 2023, be big time contributors on this roster in the next couple years. You've got guys, Jaden Gibson, Nicholas Anderson, who are going to be contributors as well. And you've got guys like Jaquez Petaway, Anthony Evans coming in the pipeline, presumably. The Oklahoma Sooners looking really good on both fronts, according to On3's recruiting prediction machine. And you've got Brent Venables. The dude flat knows how to recruit. you got Jeff Levy, an offense that is going to continue to put up great numbers, just like he did at Southeastern with the fire and NAIA with UCF, with Ole Miss. He's going to do the same thing at Oklahoma. And so he's going to be able to retract four or five-star talent at wide receiver, at quarterback, at running back. And even if it's not the five-star talent, it's going to be the four-star talent. Stars matter? Absolutely they do. But we've seen at times the five-star thing kind of come back and bite the Oklahoma Sooners. The Oklahoma Sooners had two five-star quarterbacks playing for them in 2021. They had their ups and downs, their inconsistencies. What did a three-star quarterback like Baker Mayfield do? Oh, he went out and won the Heisman. Had some of the best quarterback seasons of all time. So yes, the stars matter, but a lot that doesn't get talked about enough is what goes on in in the guy's head, what goes on in preparation, the ability to bounce back from mistakes, the ability to thrive when things aren't perfect. And for as talented as Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler are, this is not to... you know, throw shots at them. There were times they just weren't as good as they needed to be when things weren't perfect. And so, yeah, I mean, yes, you lose Ashton Cozart. It's not great. You don't like to lose four-star wide receivers. At the same time, you've got nine months now to continue to build your recruiting class. And I guarantee you, by the time it's all said and done, the Oklahoma Sooners will still have a top 15, top 10 recruiting class. We'll come back and we'll cycle back on this. But this one is not going to kill their recruiting class. They're going to be all right. Ashton Cozart's going to go and have a good time up in Oregon, maybe get some Nike NIL deals. Maybe he's got an NIL deal with Tillamook. That's the NIL NIL deal I would want if I was going to go up to Oregon. Because give me all the ice cream. Of course, I'd probably have to play offensive line at that point because I'll love me some ice cream and I would not stop eating it. So the Sooners will be fine. The recruiting is going to be just great. They've got guys on the way. They're going to be big-time contributors for the Sooners. And 2022 is looking like it's going to be a really great season for the Oklahoma Sooners. They're being projected to win by a lot of different outlets. Uh, And we'll look at some bet online uh, win total projections uh, for the Big 12 Conference coming up. I'll tell you which ones I'm really liking as far as over-unders go, which ones I'm kind of leery of. Uh, And then we'll talk about Oklahoma softball's dominating weekend in the Norman Regional. But first... I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's 100% covered in chocolate. It tastes great. I've been talking to you about Built Bar for nearly two years now. I eat it every single day. I've got boxes sitting on my refrigerator. I've got a box of them at work in my locker so that anytime I'm feeling like I need a burst of energy, need a snack, just need something delicious to eat that's not a candy bar, not a cookie, not a brownie, I go to Built and I go to Built Bar. Right now they got brownie batter puffs and 
if you love brownies like I love brownies, then sometimes this is the thing that's for you. It's a, it's a protein bar that tastes like a brownie. It's got that marshmallow fluff, but it's also covered in 100% chocolate, and it tastes like brownie batter, 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 7 grams of sugar in that built puff. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your next order over at built.com. Make sure you check it out at built.com. All right, so we got some over-under win projections from betonline.net, our partners over at betonline.net. So let's talk about some of these in the Big 12, all right? A lot of really, really interesting um, win projection totals, and we'll talk about the Oklahoma Sooners, but I want to talk about the rest of the Big 12 as well because it kind of gives you a bit of a, a feeling of how the sports books are seeing the Big 12 this year. And uh, first of all, let's talk about the Kansas Jayhawks. Kansas making some really good strides under Lance Leipold, beat Texas last year. We'll never let the Longhorns live that one down. That one will always just kind of live in infamy for the, the Texas Longhorns that they lost to Kansas. Uh, Kansas right now, win projection two and a half. I kind of like the over on this. I, I don't know that they'll win three games, but I, I, this, I just have a feeling that they're going to win three games. I wouldn't stake a lot of money on that one, but if you're looking for just like maybe like a, a $10, $15, $20, hey, let's just throw some some money at it and see what happens. Or if you're looking to throw something into a parlay, Kansas might be a good choice. Like two and a half. That I think they could do that. I mean, they won two games last year. They're an improving team with an improving roster with a really good coaching staff. Three does not seem out of the question for the Jayhawks. Now, where they get those three from, that's going to be anybody's guess. But I kind of like that. West Virginia, y'all know I've been pounding the table for West Virginia for a while. Now, I did not realize that Akeem Mesador had transferred to Miami. That's the one that completely blew past me. That sucks for West Virginia. He was a fantastic player, nearly single-handedly beat the Oklahoma Sooners last year uh, when they faced off and Oklahoma won just 16-13. But West Virginia is five and a half. That doesn't, that seems too low. Uh, Even if they're not a big 12 title contender, I think they're going to be a dark horse contender with the addition of JT Daniels. If he stays healthy, I think, I feel like they're going to be, bowl eligible i think six wins isn't out of the question for them now they got a bit of a tough non-conference schedule with virginia tech with Pitt, but this team seems like it should do pretty well um again they'll have to beat up on some of the big 12 teams and maybe that's where they don't necessarily hit the five and a half because of that non-conference schedule um but it's it's a team that i think could um outproduce that five and a half win total. Uh, so they got Pitt. They're at Pitt to open the season. Then they go to Kansas. Then they got Townsend. Uh, and then at Virginia Tech, at Texas, ugh, those two are, are looking kind of rough. Uh, but then they go to Texas Tech, which you know that'll be a night game because Texas Tech loves to host night games. Um, but then they, they've got TCU at home. Uh, they play at Iowa State. They've got OU at home, Kansas State at home, and then they play at Oklahoma State. Okay, so maybe five and a half. I would not, I'm not liking that one. I'd probably take the under if I'm going to take anything on West Virginia because, yeah, maybe getting the six games for them is going to be pretty tough if you look at their schedule. Uh, then Texas Tech sitting at five and a half as well. Uh, this is a team that, you know, a lot of people are high on because of the hire of Joey McGuire. But, and, and I like Donovan Smith as a quarterback, but you wonder are they going to have enough talent with the loss of Eric Ezekanma? to the NFL, are they going to have enough talent to overcome 
some of the challenges that they'll face in the Big 12. Their non-conference schedule isn't super tough. I mean, they, they play at NC State, which is going to be a tough one the third week of the season. But Murray State should be a win. Houston, that's kind of a toss-up game. Uh, they nearly lost that one to the, the Cougars last year. But uh, Houston's been an up-and-coming team. I mean, a future Big 12 opponent, uh, someone that they're going to have to worry about in the conference in 2023, uh, that's going to be a tough matchup for them as well. Uh, but, yeah, I think, again, like West Virginia, that five-and-a-half seems kind of right at um, – you know, one game here or there is a coin flip, and you maybe take Texas Tech. I don't know. Uh, TCU, this one seems a little bit low. Like, I've, I've, I'm tempted to go on the under on this one just because I don't know necessarily where they get to six wins. They've got at Colorado, at SMU, um, and then you got your Big 12 schedule. You know, they'll, they got OU at home, but then they go to Kansas. Like, that game at Kansas – that could be a game where they, they get tripped up. They play Kansas in between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And so that, I mean, you know, if you're looking for a trap game for TCU, maybe that Kansas game is the one that trips them up a little bit. And then they go to West Virginia, to Texas, to Baylor. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, you could talk yourself into to seven wins there for TCU, but I'm going to take the under on the Horned Frogs. And Kansas State. Yeah, a lot of people think Kansas State's kind of the dark horse team in the Big 12 this year. I think, listen, I, I'm not as big as a fan of Adrian Martinez as a, as a lot of people are, but I think that they can get off to a, a quick two and one start uh, in their non conference against South Dakota and Tulane. Uh, that game against Missouri will be a bit of a toss up um, in the you know the interstate, interstate or sorry border state matchup. Um, but uh, you know, and, but they got to go to Norman to Ames, to Fort Worth, to Waco, and then out there to Morgantown. Uh, a lot of tough matchups for them. They'll close the season with Kansas. That could be the, the game right there that, that gets them over the top. Um, that, that, one, that one's looking tough as well. But I like, their, I like their chances of hitting the over better than I like Iowa State's just because of everything that Iowa State's lost. Yes, Brock Purdy wasn't a perfect quarterback, but he was an experienced quarterback. And just like Loki says, I consider experience experience. Um, even if he wasn't always the best player in the conference, he was a very experienced player that gave them a lot of good things. But he needed to be better at times. But you lost him, you lost Brees Hall, you lost Charlie Kolar, you lost Chase Allen, you lost Mike Rose, you lost Will McDonald, the fourth. Just a ton of players that they lost on both sides of the football and you're like, how are you going to replace all these key, key elements of your team going into 2022? I mean, yes, Oklahoma's got a ton of guys that they replaced as well, but I think there's a little bit more confidence that a guy like Brent Venables, Ted Roof can find guys to replace the Nick Bonitos and the Perrion Winfrey's and the Isaiah Thomases. Is it going to be easy? Absolutely not. But you, you expect the talent pool to be there, right? Whereas with Iowa State, you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if the talent pool is going to be there. And this is where things get really, really interesting in the Big 12, and it's at the top. Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Oklahoma all come in with win projections of eight and a half. And this is one of those scenarios where it's looking like you know the, the odds makers, the bet, the sports books, just see the Big 12 as kind of a toss-up between these four teams. Uh, with Texas at eight and a half. Now, a lot of people really love the offense that they're going to be able to put on the field uh, in 2022. The biggest question still remains with Texas. What's their defense going to look like? 
do they have an offensive line that's going to be able to protect Quinn Ewers long enough to get the ball downfield to Xavier Worthy? To Ajay Hall? To open up holes for Bajan Robinson? I mean, their defense was worse than Oklahoma's last year. And Oklahoma's defense wasn't great. So is Texas going to be able to get to nine wins after a five and seven season? Those are pretty lofty expectations. I think most people have those expectations for Texas to be able to contend for the Big 12 title. But if they fall short of nine wins, 10 wins, what's the, what's the hot seat going to look like for Steve Sarkeesian? It's going to be fire. Uh, again, Oklahoma State sitting at eight and a half. I think this is going to be a year where they kind of regress a little bit. Uh, yes, I think they've got some good pieces. They still got Spencer Sanders involved um, on offense, but no Tay Martin, uh, no Jalen Warren. Um, you know, they lost uh, blanket on his name, Hernandez, the, the linebacker, a key, key part of their defense and several other, you know, key parts of their defense. They lost their, their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles. Again, Everybody lost somebody. Baylor lost somebody. Oklahoma lost somebody. Everybody's lost somebody. But again, you you expect a guy like Dave Aranda to have answers to replace the guys that they lost on defense. You expect a guy like Brent Venables to have answers for the guys they replaced on they lost on defense. We don't know about Mike Gundy. We don't know about Derek Mason and their ability to replace these guys. They Oklahoma State's had these roller coasters. They've had these ups and downs throughout. Mike Gundy's tenure where they have one you know season where they're really, really good and they might have a down season the next year. So if you're looking at Oklahoma State and you're wondering which way should I lean, if I'm wanting to place money on, on one way, I'd take the under on Oklahoma State. I think eight wins is probably about right, uh, but do they hit nine? That's going to be tough. It's going to be a tougher year in the Big 12 than, than it has been in years past. We saw it last year where Oklahoma couldn't get through the Big 12 slate without a couple losses. I don't know if Oklahoma State's going to be able to, to make it back to the Big 12 cha- championship game. Baylor, I think they're kind of in a similar boat as Oklahoma State. Now, we believe they have an upgraded quarterback si- situation going from Gary Bohannon to Blake Shapin, but you lose Abram Smith, you lose Tristan Ebner, uh, you lose several guys on the defensive side of the ball, you lose Tyquan Thornton. I think this is still a pretty good team, but it's going to have to be one of those team effort sort of a situation. It's kind of like what we saw last year where – yeah, I mean, they're going to play a lot of close games, and will they be able to, to maintain the edge in close victories that they had last year? Because they won a lot of close games. Is that same thing going to happen in 2022? That's going to be the big question for the Baylor Bears. And that brings us to Oklahoma. I, I, Oklahoma at 8.5 just feels like easy money for me. If, you're, you know, if you use betonline.net, maybe that's the one you want to smash, smash the over on because, I mean – the last time the Oklahoma Sooners won fewer than eight games was back in – sorry, I'm vamping as I pull up college football reference. The last time the Oklahoma Sooners won eight or fewer games was back in 2014. They've only done so – they've only had eight or fewer wins three times since 2000. So – if you look at trends, you look at statistics, which I do because I love trends, I love statistics, I love odds. The odds are very much in the Oklahoma Sooners' favor to have nine or more wins. And so, if you're looking for, if you're looking at the trends, you're looking at the odds. A team that's favored to win the conference by pretty much every outlet you look at, you hit the over on the Oklahoma Sooners. Again, easy money. 
Yes, they lost a lot of pieces, but they added a lot of pieces in the transfer portal, Dylan Gabriel being the most important piece. And the coaching staff and the culture, like we're banking on that. We're banking on that being able to sustain Oklahoma during this transitionary period and potentially even raise the level of play due to the focus, the attitude, and the defensive difference making that Brent Venables and Ted Roof are going to have compared to Alex Grinch. It's going to be an attacking, relentless defense. And if we need Brent Venables to say it again, we will do so right now. I love my players, past and present. They'll tell you that. I'm going to coach him really, really hard. But I'm going to love him more. I'm going to love him more. We will employ an exciting, fast, explosive, and diverse offense combined with a physical, punishing, relentless, suffocating defense. That's what has people hyped, is Brent Venables. The dude exudes energy and confidence, and it would be the biggest upset to not see this Oklahoma Sooners defense improve heading into 2022. Hey, let me know what uh, what are those odds do you like the best? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of really interesting odds there. There's a lot of really interesting lines. Um, but, yeah, I mean, for me, I like the Kansas Jayhawks. I like Kansas State to hit the over. I like Texas to hit the over. Oklahoma State on the under. I think Baylor could hit the over, and Oklahoma I expect to hit the over as well. Uh, coming up next, let's talk some Oklahoma softball. The Oklahoma Sooners had a fantastic weekend in the Norman Regional. But first, I want to talk to you about Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com and save? The prices are always reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. The Oklahoma Sooners won the Norman Regional, swept through the competition, winning all three games. First, they beat Prairie View AM 14 to nothing in a run rule fashion on Thursday night, Friday night. I was on vacation one of those nights. And, uh, when, you know, when you're on vacation, especially when you have sick kids at the end of your vacation, kind of time loses all meaning. So they won their first game 14 to nothing, came back on Saturday, beat the Texas A&M Aggies 3-2. to two. It was a really close game uh, in the first one. Uh, the Sooners were up 3 nothing heading into the sixth. And then um, Haley, blanking on her name, uh, hit a two-run home run to make it three to two before Hope Troutwine closed it out in the seventh inning to give Oklahoma the win. And then came the fireworks on Sunday. The Oklahoma Sooners just bombarded the Aggies with a nine-run first inning, sent 14 batters to the plate in the first inning as they batted around. And they got a little bit of everything. Got a little bit of help from Texas A&M, who had three errors. But the Aggies also surrendered walks. They surrendered hit-by-pitches. Uh, doubles Jana Johns had a big two run double uh, that made it five to nothing. Jada Coleman came in, had a, had a walk to lead off the game uh, and then was huge later in the inning as well. Jocelyn Allo had a home run 
it was just everybody getting in on the act. And before the first inning was even finished, uh, the Aggies starting pitcher was walking off the mound, walking out of the circle. And Oklahoma had pretty much won the game at that point before Nicole May had even stepped foot inside the circle for her second start of the Norman regional. But she was even, she was dominant. Like she was absolutely fantastic. Gave up only two hits, had six strikeouts, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so went two and zero on the weekend and just p- pitched really, really well. She pitched four and a third inning innings. Macy McAdoo came in uh, and, and had a great game as well. Um, but all in all, I mean, the Oklahoma Sooners just proved once again, you know, that they are the team to beat in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, let's, let's talk about Jocelyn Allo. So in the three games, Allo went six for seven with two home runs. Six, wait, first of all, six for seven. That is an unfathomable amount, like unfathomably good hitting to go six for seven in a three-game series. Two home runs, six RBIs, six runs scored, and walked four times. I mean, what more can you say about the best hitter in college softball, arguably the best player in softball history like one of the best in softball history i mean she's the all-time home runs leader in the ncaa so it's not outside the realm of discussion to have that conversation about is jocelyn allo the best player ever i think it's fair to say she's a finalist again for the usa softball player of the year award she was the first overall pick in the women's professional fast pitch leagues inaugural college draft I mean, she just had a great week, just like she does every single week. Uh, I mean, she's hitting 500 now on the season. That was something spectacular early in the year when you know you'd only played a few games, but to be this late in the season, going into the super regionals, and she's still hitting 500, absolutely incredible, incredible. And then we talked about Nicole May on the weekend. She threw eight and one thirds inning pitch with 13 strikeouts and allowed just two hits and one walk in her two starts. You needed her. It was clear that Patty Gasso was hoping to save Jordy Ball for the Super Regionals to get the Oklahoma Sooners as far as they possibly could without having to go to Ball, who was experiencing some soreness late in the season and missed the Big 12 tournament. Nicole May came up huge. She was an X factor in the, in the three-game series for the Sooners, going 2-0 and and not allowing a single earned run. Again, just two hits, one walk. Only three base runners in her eight and a third innings pitched in the two starts. Uh, both ended up being run roll victories for the Oklahoma Sooners. And then, you know, the Sooners' defensive performance, I think you, sometimes it, like, gets overlooked a little bit because the bats are so good that sometimes we forget how good the defense is. Are they the best defense in the country? Maybe not. But they had an error, errorless weekend in the Norman Regional while their opponents, Texas A&M and Prairie View A&M, combined for four, or yeah, seven errors. Texas A&M had four on Sunday, which if you're going to play Oklahoma, you better not have any errors. You got to play about perfect softball. Oklahoma State had errors in the Big 12 championship game uh, last weekend, but Oklahoma wasn't able to capitalize. They were able to capitalize today. And when Oklahoma is able to capitalize on your mistakes, you're pretty much done. So make sure you play error-free ball because Oklahoma more likely, more than likely is going to as well. 
when Oklahoma's pitching staff does let the ball get put in play, the defense has been coming up huge. Uh, and then we got to talk about the sophomores, the super sophomores, as I dubbed them over at Sooners Wire. Uh, I mean, Tierra Jennings, Jada Coleman, I think they're showing you that when Jocelyn Allo finally goes off to play professional softball, that this team is still going to be really, really stinking good with these two at the plate and on the roster. They combined to go 11 for 18 with four home runs, nine RBIs, and 11 runs score. Uh, you know, Jada Coleman, she's batting 420 on the season. She's got a 588 on base percentage. She's got 43 walks. Uh, she's just been the perfect leadoff hitter, you know, setting the table for Jocelyn Allo and Tiara Jennings, putting pressure on defenses and pitching staffs from the get-go. And then Jada Coleman, I mean, Jocelyn Allo's been great, and she's done everything in her power to help Oklahoma become the best team in college softball over the last couple of years. But let's not underestimate or underappreciate what Tiara Jennings has meant for Jocelyn Allo. She's provided that protection that teams just can't straight pitch around Allo and go to Tiara Jennings because you've got a player who's hit, you know, 20 plus home runs herself has 72 RBIs on the season and should be in consideration for player of the year herself and probably will be come 2023, 2024. I mean, she's arguably going to be the Oklahoma Sooners' best player uh, the next several years and will be putting herself in contention for those player of the year awards as well. But they've been fantastic. I mean, you know, Tara Jennings, she's now hitting 390 on the season. Um, she's got 51 career home runs. Um, and when you look at Oklahoma's, or you look at Jocelyn Allo's all-time home run record at 115 as it stands currently, and you're like, oh, nobody will touch that. Well, Tiara Jennings, she's got 51 home runs in not quite two seasons with the Oklahoma Sooners and has at least two games next weekend and then is going to have the college potentially, you know, theoretically, hypothetically, is going to have the College World Series to add some more to that total as well. I mean, it's not unfathom, unfathomable that she has 55 home runs by the time the 2022 season is all said and done. So then you're just nearly halfway to Jocelyn Allo's mark. They were talking about on the broadcast whether or not you know anybody would reach Lauren Chamberlain's number. And well, I think Tara Jennings is very easily going to reach Lauren Chamberlain's numbers. She's shown that she's a power hitter. She's somebody who can, and can hit for average and hit for power. And when Jocelyn Allo is gone next year to the professional women, prof, women's professional fast pitch league, Tara Jennings is going to continue to bomb away. She's going to continue to uh, just frustrate opposing opposing pitchers. So, would I put money on Tara Jennings hitting, getting to you know wherever Jocelyn Allo leaves the home run record? Because she could have this thing up to 120 by the time it's all said and done. That's that's not unreasonable to think as well. Uh, and man, Oklahoma getting ready to play UCF, the Golden Knights, who won as the the 16 seed hosting the Orlando Regional. They beat Michigan and Villanova to win their regional. And they're coming in with a pretty good hitter themselves. And I think, you know, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a test, just like every every series from now on is going to be a test for the Oklahoma Sooners. But we know who the Oklahoma Sooners are. They're a great team that's getting great pitching and great hitting at the same time. Whereas last year, you know, they had timely pitching that was really good at times, but it wasn't consistent enough. And Oklahoma was having to win games with their offense, scoring a ton of runs because the pitching just wasn't holding up 
as consistently as it needed to until, you know, they got to the college world series um, or got into the, the finals of the championship series. But this year they've got both great offense, great pitching, great defense. It's all coming together for the Oklahoma Sooners right at the right time. And really it's been there all year. This team has only lost two games against two really good teams in the, in the Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma State Cowgirls. So, and two teams who they could very well face. Again, in the College World Series, both teams advanced to the Super Regionals themselves. Um, and so it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see just how this all plays out. And uh, I think Oklahoma is still going to be the far and away favorite to win the national championship, go back to back for the second time in their school history, I believe. Um, and it, they'll this will be a team that will kind of live on in the annals of Oklahoma sports history. And at some point, got to have the conversation. Patty Gasso, is she arguably the greatest college coach of any sport of all time? And that's where we're going we're gonna to leave you. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners. Follow me on Twitter at John Nine Williams. You can read my work covering the Sooners over at thesoonerswire.com. You can follow the show on YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe to the show. Hit the like button and the notification bell to let you know when a new episode drops. We'll be back later in the week with Josh Helmer, my co-host. Missed the guy already. Uh, we'll also have the Locked On Big 12 Roundtable with those guys. Always a great show. Always have a good time talking football, softball, basketball, whatever it is. So make sure you check out Lockdown Big 12 with Josh Neighbors to get your Big 12 insight. But until next time, I'm John Williams. We'll see you then. Boomer Sooner.